Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Valley Praise Unique Women's Podcast. We hope to encourage and reach women in uplifting ways. I am your host, Melissa Zapeta. With us today is Dora Martinez. She is the Executive Director of CASA. This program serves Cameron and Willacy County, and there are 71 CASA programs in Texas, and they are also known nationwide. Welcome, Dora, and thank you for being here. Can you please tell our audience exactly what CASA is and how did it get started? Yes. First of all, thank Mm -hmm. you for having me um, to join your podcast. Uh, CASA, the acronym starts, stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And CASA supports children and families that are currently involved in the child welfare system. And we do this by utilizing community volunteers to be the advocates for these children. Mm -hmm. And our volunteers are the ones that visit these children in their homes and in their placements following a removal. And these children um, that we work with have already experienced uh, abuse Mm -hmm. and neglect, oftentimes unimaginable abuse. And so it is the advocates of role to um, address their well-being needs and uh, make sure that they get the services that are needed, uh, make sure that the children stay connected to their families. That Mm -hmm. is so important during this time. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, our volunteers are the ones that make recommendations uh, to the judge. The judge uses this information to make uh, decisions as to where the child should remain, where the child needs to go, what services need to happen, Mm -hmm. and as well what the parents may need in order to hopefully be reunited with their children after Mm -hmm. they've completed the services. Mm -hmm. And CASA started actually out of state in 1977. A judge by the name of David Sukup was a judge that heard CPS cases, and he saw time and time again that these children were entering his courtroom and the same services were being ordered for every single family. Mm. So he put together a group of people from the community to brainstorm and come up with ideas to help um, address this need that he saw. Mm. And out of that was um, CASA was born. And so that spread nationwide. We are in all 50 states. And in Texas, as you mentioned, there are 71 programs. Uh, CASA here has been in existence for going on 27 years that we've been serving Cameron and Willacy counties. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. And it's something that's so needed um, in our community. Um, I know how, uh, you know, I I was looking at the video you sent me about CASA. And um, one of the things it mentioned was that um, you didn't really need to have prof- um, like have a professional background or training um, to be an advocate, um, just a loving and a helping heart to, to help these children. But um, what are some of the, I'm sure you have to screen people that, that apply for these positions. What are some of the things that you have to look for, for for somebody to be an advocate? Yes, well, the only requirements are that you be at least 21 years of age, uh, that you pass uh, two criminal, uh, two actually background checks. One is a background check with Child Protective Services. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, volunteers don't have history as being perpetrators. Oftentimes we have uh, volunteers that have previously been in foster care. Mm -hmm. And so their concern is, well, can I volunteer because something may come up? As long as they were not the perpetrator, they Mm -hmm. are eligible for that. And then we also have volunteers go through a fingerprint national FBI uh, background check. It's Mm -hmm. a very... um, intense background Mm -hmm. check and so we do uh, highly screen our volunteers Mm -hmm. Uh, after they've completed those requirements they are also required to complete an application 
and an interview and then go through a 30-hour training. Uh, Right now, due to COVID, um, it changed the way we operate, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so our training is being offered virtually. So it's very convenient for people to be able to join uh, one of these uh, next training sessions that is coming up because it's all still being held virtually. Yeah. So you can get all of your training from the comfort of your home. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm liking how you adding all the stuff, all the things that they have to do and background checks because these days you, you, you can't be too careful, yes. you know, and, and uh, we want to make sure that, all, you know, the kids are, are safe and, and taken care of. Um, I, I'm the mother of two adopted girls. Um, I know the importance and the need for people um, to step up and to help children. Um, it's a need that's, you know, so needed. And um, I hate to say this, I might um, strike some nerves with some people out there, but um, I'm also, you know, I'm an animal lover too. So I, I'm always like trying to rescue the dog that needs the home or, you know, fostering um, animals and, and things like that. But, you know, what I've seen as a whole is, um, it seems like there's more people concerned about saving these animals or finding homes and foster care for them, which is much needed. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I do it myself. But, um, you know, it, it's so much more important, you know, as Christians um, to step up for the, the children, you know. And I, I believe it's time for us to quit feeling um, that, you know, it's going to put us out or inconvenience us to to help these children in need. And, um, you know, uh, that's what Jesus called us to do. I mean, even in the Bible, it states in James to, to stand up for the orphans and the widows, you know, to be there for them. And um, so what can you say to that someone listening that um, they want to volunteer, but they're kind of afraid to take that first step because they might be feeling, well, I don't want to be inconvenienced or it's going to take all of my time or, and, you know, I, and I know certain people have to be called to do for this, right? God calls you to do that. I I totally believe that 100%. But so what can you say to that person that kind of wants to, but they're, they're afraid to start? Right. And we hear that pretty often that they're afraid. But then the next statement is usually because it's hard. It's hard emotionally to Mm -hmm. get involved. Mm -hmm. And I would just ask the audience, uh, the women that are listening that just think for a minute of that child that is experienced the abuse Mm -hmm. and how hard it was for them exactly and like you stated not everyone's called to to do this kind of work because it is hard if it was easy I would probably have more advocates waiting outside our door to sign up for training than I would have children waiting Mm. for an advocate yeah and I will tell you every month we get an average about 30 new children wow and we're only able to accept about half of those wow because I don't have we don't have enough advocates, mm. you know, that are uh, willing, you know, right. and able and uh, willing to put that fear aside, mm-hmm. their own emotions aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to get the support, you know, in training. They're not going to do this alone. Right. But I also um, want to say that, you know, God doesn't call us to do what is easy. Mm. If it was easy, all of us would be doing it. Like I said mm-hmm. earlier, right? It's right. what's hard that God calls us to do because that's when we feel his presence, exactly. his power, and his glory through mm-hmm. what's hard, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when you can, you know, give your testimony about how how God used you, mm-hmm. your talents, and your time, and that, that reminds me of verse, uh, a verse in the Bible of Jeremiah 32, 27, that states, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind, is anything 
hard for me. Mm -hmm. God can help you even when you think it's hard. Right. You know, whether it's time, whether it's, you know, again, you know, I just don't want to become emotionally involved Mm -hmm. uh, because there are too many children waiting for someone Mm -hmm. to speak up for them, to be there just for them. Yeah. So where, um, um, so the children while they're while they're waiting you said because there's a lot of children that are waiting so um what's that process like like um are they waiting with foster families or or how does that work usually once the child is removed from the home the parents are always asked if they have family that can care for them Mm -hmm. um and if family is available and they clear those preliminary background checks they can be placed with them unfortunately many of the families that we work with their close family members also have the same type of history. And mm-hmm. so these children end up coming into temporary uh, settings such as foster placements or shelters. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that process, the department, which is CPS, is still actively engaged. And so is CASA looking for alternative placements to get these children out of that foster home setting mm-hmm. and in a setting with family or fictive can someone that's familiar to them, because mm-hmm. that is much better for them emotionally and for their well-being to be with people that they know rather than with strangers. Um, And so during that whole process, as long as there's a family member or even a friend who is willing to take on that responsibility, the children can be placed with them while the parents go through services to try to uh, regain custody of their children. And so the advocates that you train um, to help the children, um, how... How often um, do they interact with the children? Do they meet them daily or weekly? Or how do they get to know the child? Our standards require that they meet with them at least monthly. Um, Because of COVID, a lot of these visits were being uh, or taking place virtually. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with restrictions setting up and people, you know, feeling more comfortable and, you know, things just changing for us, they are going back to in-person visits. Mm -hmm. So if children are placed here locally, we do ask that the volunteers meet with them at least in person once a month. And and that's for many reasons. The children need to feel that connection to their advocates so they can disclose, you know, what may be happening uh, in their current placement. And so the volunteer can get an accurate assessment of what their needs are. Mm -hmm. And so as long as uh, people are able to travel and to meet with them, um, we can have a child from Brownsville, you know, placed in a placement in Harlingen or in Hidalgo County. Uh, And so depending on, you know, what the restrictions are as far as advocates, because many Mm -hmm. of them, you know, they come from all backgrounds. Uh, We have college students. We have retired people. Mm -hmm. We have people, you know, all demographics. So it just depends on what they feel comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. But it is important to also uh, remember that these children need to be seen in order for you to make accurate uh, observations and assessments of what their needs are. Right. And I'm sure it takes more than one visit for the child to gain you know to trust them and yes to want to disclose so um dora thank you so much um for joining us today it's so wonderful to know that we have this service available to us in our own backyard um how can people reach you if they would like to know more information or maybe they would want to help with casa okay great our office number is erico 956-546-6545 and our email is www uh 
or actually that's our website, Advocates of CASA of Cameron and Willacy Counties. Uh, but a real easy one to remember is becomeacasa.org. Mm. Uh, that is actually a statewide uh, database, and all you need is your name and your zip code. So this is statewide. If you're listening and you're in another part mm. of Texas, you just plug in your zip code and you'll be connected to a local CASA program mm. in your area. That's I'm so glad that you shared all that information. I can't encourage um, people enough to pick up the phone or do, send that email. You know, if you're if you feel like you've been called um, to do this, like she said, she has uh, more children waiting than she does advocates. So um, I, I think it's just time, you know, for especially Christians to step up and do what God has called them to do. And it's time to quit waiting to. Um, you know, sometimes we kind of go back and forth. God, are you asking me to do this? But I'm not sure. Pretty, I'm pretty sure if you even have a little bit of a tug at your heart for that, that God is calling you to help. So this is just a, another great way that we can help our community and help our, our children out there. Um, thank you again, everyone. Uh, you've been listening to Unique Women's Valley Praise Podcast. Until next time, be that light in someone's life. That is what God has called us to do.